Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hello and happy new year, everyone. It's 2022. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, what? Listen, guys, um, I'm a little bit, I'm an elder millennial, an elderly millennial, a geriatric millennial. And I remember uh, the year 2000. I remember uh, New Year's Eve 1999 and thinking, you know, some nonsense with the binary codes. Computers were going to stop working. The electricity was going to shut down. The end was near. The end was nigh. And 2020 seemed so far away, right? In 2022, like, girl, what is that? And yet here we are, 22 years later, and holy crap, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, what I can tell you is that Like last year, the year before, I will be talking to you guys about romance novels. (laughs) That is not changing. But everything else, je ne sais, because my goodness, my goodness. And like, what a December we just had. A December that wasn't a December. A Christmas that was what? What was that? (laughs) You know, with uh, Omarion out of his icebox aggravating everybody and their mama. Um, I really just... uh, it's it's weird out there. It's weird. It's strange. It was also really warm the last few days in New York. Uh, for all of you who believe that Fahrenheit makes sense, I think it was in the high 50s. For the rest of us who know that Celsius is actually correct, it was like 13 degrees Celsius. It was weird. For December? For January? Like, what? 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 Um... So yeah, there's a lot happening out there. Um, So we're going to, you know, focus instead on a book that was originally published in 1994. Yes, this book was originally published almost 30 years ago. And I only recently read it. (laughs) Technically, the ebook version came out in 2010. So the ebook version is not as as old, no, that's only, what, what is that, 11 years, 12, fuck, I can't count, 12, yes, um, whereas the, the original paperback version is 28 years old, yeah, yeah, um, but yes, so I think for those of you who listen regularly, you may have noticed that I've read a few, a few Lorraine Heaths, you know, and, so what happens is, you know, I get to an end of a book and very often in romance novels, when you get to the end, there's like a teaser chapter of another book by the same author. If it's Harlequin, sometimes it's a teaser chapter or chapters or many chap teasers of many different books by different authors. But a lot of romances, it'll be a teaser chapter of a book by the same author. So what happened? I, well, wasn't it? I think it was a teaser chapter. It may have also just been, no, I lied. This did not come about because of the teaser chapter. This came about because I looked up Lorraine Heath on Libby, and this cover was very similar in style to Sweet Lullaby, right? It was a painted, um, 
uh, what's the word? It was a painted clinch cover. And I was like, ooh, maybe it's like a series. Uh, it's a standalone. But it was phenomenal. You're like, oh, really? So, okay. Let me, let, let me first, like I said, it's a book from 1994. It's a Lorraine Heath from 1994. As I've mentioned before when I've spoken about this author, Lorraine Heath likes to throw in, you know, plot twists that you're not expecting, right? Of course, once you start to read a lot of her, you're like, oh, okay, I know that there's a plot twist coming and it's probably going to be bonkers or weird or strange or whatever. I enjoyed, you know, Sweet Lullaby. I was real mad at the plot twist and whatever. So I was, I think I was going into this book. Oh, I, you might want the title. <laughs> Parting Gifts, right? The title is Parting Gifts. I was going into Parting Gifts thinking that it was, you know, going to be some weird, crazy, like, plot twist, um, like, in the other book. Now, I'm going to read you guys the blurb first. Um, and because this book came out in 1994, I'm probably going to get real spoilery a little too fast, and I apologize for that. But first, the blurb. Parting Gifts by Lorraine Heath. Marrying Maddie, a woman who works in a brothel in order to survive, widower Charles Lawson hopes to provide his three children with a loving mother until his terminal illness causes him to arrange a match between Maddie and his brother. So this was the blurb, and I was like, okay, well, interesting. Um, I feel like I've seen setups of, like, someone's dying and want to set you up with someone else. So I was like, oh, oh, oh I want to know more. Um, and I didn't have to put it on hold, so I borrowed it, and then I read it. And like the other book, uh, Lorraine Heath made me ball, sob, cry, um, because god damn, god, god damn, so our, in this case, our three main characters, we've got Maddie Sherwood, right, she's this young woman who is destitute and has to resort to uh, a brothel to try and survive, We've got Charles Lawson, right, a widower with three children who's dying of a terminal disease, which as the book progresses, I wonder if it might have been a, some sort of cancer. Oh, I also forgot to mention, this is a historical romance um, set in Texas. I want to say that it might be are there similar time period as Sweet Lullaby or maybe a few years after? But it is definitely that sort of time. Uh, railroads are just, just, I don't even think they're really, I don't even think they're really in existence quite yet. You still have stagecoach in, stagecoaches. Um, so I don't think railroads are set up yet. So this is still very 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 you know um early in the in the history of the nation kind of thing um so and so of course you know there wouldn't be like cancer as a term did not exist at that time so it wouldn't show up in the book 
And then our third main character is Jesse Lawson, right? He is the older brother to Charles Lawson, and he's a former Texas Ranger. Now, normally, I do not like books where there are three characters that aren't going to be together. Like, I'm very, like, love triangles? Ew. Why? Doesn't mean that they can't be done well, but I generally, I don't seek them out. What intrigued me about this was the fact that, like, the brother, Charles is dying, and so he's trying to, for the blurb, right, is, like, he's trying to set up his wife with his brother. What also is made clear very early on is the three children, obviously, that he has are from his first marriage to the wife that he loved. So Charles is not a character who has never known love gets married to Maddie and like loses her loses her to his brother no Charles is a man who married the love of his life had a wonderful family with her and then lost her and is now dying and wants his children to have a mother figure but isn't interested in having a wife in the sense of a woman to fall in love with because he's also clearly aware that he's dying and so it's kind of like, like, I don't need you to love me. I'm not, you know, we just need to like create a family so that my kids can have like a loving mother. So by doing that, right, then it's not so much uh, this weird, like, we don't get this weird feeling of like, oh no, Maddie and Charles, but here's Jesse fucking shit up. Instead, it's more of like, Charles just wants whatever time he has left to, you know, also include a woman so that his children, because he has a son and two daughters, so that they know what it's like to be loved by their by mother, because the, I believe the mother passes after giving birth to the youngest one, um, and the oldest, the boy, Aaron, I think is only nine, so he has had the most time with their mother, um, I don't remember the ages of the two little girls, Hannah and Taylor. I th- want to say Hannah's four, Taylor's two. Um, so, well, then he would have had seven years because, but you know what I mean. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this is a setup. I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Um, let's go for it. And then Lorraine Heath is like, well, let me give me, let me give you, reader, so many things. I feel like, okay, and I said this about the other historical um, from 1994, Sweet Lullaby by Lorraine Hayes, and I'll say it again. I feel like if this was a book that she had submitted today, I feel like a publisher would have wanted to turn it into multiple books, perhaps. Um, I could be wrong. But there is so much that happens in this book. It is so, it is so well done. But I feel like there's so, well, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe not about a series. Because a lot happens, but it, as opposed to Sweet Lullaby, where I felt like there was, like, secondary characters that could have had, you know, that were strong enough, that could have had their own book. I don't think we have that in this book, right? Our our focus is really tight. It is really on these three adults, these three children, and then all of the stuff that they have to navigate and deal with. Um, 
due to Maddie's past, due to Jesse's past, due to Charles's past, Charles Charles's issues. There's a lot going on. Um, but it is so, I thought it was really well done. That being said, you're going to cry. I'm so sorry, guys. I was like, what, this, what, really? Um, there was a lot of emotion. Um, and it just is, I'm trying to think if I've read a romance where I was like, hot damn. I'm sure I have. Um, but it's not coming to me right now. <sighs> am I going to start spoiling it now? Yeah, I am. So, like, if you're like, ew, later. So sorry. But it's a wrap. And I say this because, so, one of the things, we we literally start the book, right? And the, the, the blurb is like, Maddie's working in the brothel. We literally start the book. Maddie is outside of a brothel starving. You know, the madam is like, come in. Maddie's like, I'm a virgin. The madam is like, perfect. Like, that's great. You gonna get good money. And Charles purchases her that day. He like drops a grand, which at this time, a thousand dollars is like a rich. I mean, at any time, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. And he takes her out of there and he takes her to a hotel where he, you know, has a bath order for her, feeds her, and then basically is like, I'm a widower, I'm impotent, and I, you know, would love to give my kids a mom. And she's kind of like, wait, what? But then she's kind of like, what What other option does she have, right? Because if she doesn't go with him, she has to go back to this brothel and have a different man potentially take her virginity and continue that kind of a life. So technically speaking, Maddie doesn't really, like, Maddie's, Maddie's stint in the brothel is very short. So she... They get married and they return and when they return, uh, they return by stagecoach and they're the, the first inkling that we get that, you know, there could, can be something between Maddie and Jesse is the door opens. He reaches in to like help her out and like basically picks her up by the waist and like out and down and they're both like staring at each other. And then Charles is like, Here's my wife. And Jess is like, the fuck? Um, and this is where it gets, this is where we start to see the, like, w- there are so many different, I feel like the plot twists in this book were more like layers, like little, like, um, I watched British Baking, Great British Baking Show recently, and I feel like uh, the plot twists were more like, we baked a cake, but we didn't like fully need it, um, fully whip out the flour pockets. So we're just, we're just encountering little flower pockets as we're eating. I know that does not sound appetizing, but whatever, just run with, just go with me. Oh, you know what it also could be instead of the little pockets of flour, little pockets of butter or little pockets of caramel, little pockets of something. Okay. You're eating something and you're encountering little pockets of things, which are then going to completely change the flavor of said dish. So now that I've lost you with my ridiculous food analogy (laughs) let me go back to so our first little wrinkle our first little pocket 
um, is the fact that Charles was supposed to buy cattle with that money. <laughs> um, and that money wasn't like, like really, really his. Like that money was his brother's and his brother wanted cattle. Because one of the things that both of them are aware of is that the stagecoach business is dwindling. Ah, I now remember. Railroads have started to come come through. And so anyone paying attention is starting to become aware that eventually stagecoaches will dwindle in favor. So the plan was for Charles to go get cattle so that they can have cattle so that when the stagecoach business does finally end, they have cattle to fall back on. But Charles used a thousand dollars to buy Maddie from the madam. So already it's like, oh my goodness. And it's like, Jesse's like, you don't know anything about her and you spend all her money and what is wrong with you? And he, at the very beginning, uh, right when he finds out, he's like, oh, you must have gotten good news from the doctor. And he, neither brother goes into it, but it's like, I don't want to talk about it, but that's not the reality. That's one of the, one of the pockets, right? Um, as Maddie, you know, gets to know the children and gets enmeshed with the family, there's definitely an attraction between her and Jesse, but of course she's like, I'm married to Charles. And Charles is like, you know, really kind and really lovely. Uh, the other little wrinkle is that Charles doesn't tell Maddie the truth about himself. So they get married and then he comes back weaving and like unsteady on his feet and passes out and she assumes he's a drunk and she's pissed. It happens the first two nights, but then it doesn't happen. So she's kind of like, okay, he said he'd do better. And that doesn't get cleared up until a good, you know... I think it's like chapter 11 or 12 when the truth of his condition is revealed to Maddie. Because Jesse knows. Now the children don't know, right? But Jesse and his brother both know. And then eventually Maddie finds out because he collapses at a like community dance at someone's barn and almost like, you know, starts a fire that could have burned a barn down and all this. And she's, you know, so angry. And then Jesse's just kind of like, I have, like, he should have told you, but you need to know. Because she's all like, why did you bring him inside? He should have just slept inside. Like, she's pissed because she's like, he's, not only did he embarrass us, but he could have endangered everybody because he can't hold his liquor. And then Jesse, the older brother, has to be like, "Mm, so no, um, actually, uh, he is dying. And she's like, skirt, skirt, what? And at first, Charles is pissed that Jesse told her, but they get past that. So that in and of itself, right, is a lot, right? That's a lot. You could literally just do a romance with, like, them navigating the final days of Charles's life. And that would still be a fantastic story. But Lorraine Heath was like, okay, but, like, layers, guys, layers, or or as I said, buckets of, of, of surprise. Uh, ooh, maybe pockets of funfetti sprinkles. So what's another pocket? So Maddie had mentioned that her father and her brother were killed in a stagecoach robbery gone wrong. The assumption for most people, of course, is that they were on the stagecoach and the robbers killed them. 
what we start to realize and eventually figure out is that no, her father and her brother were the ones robbing the stagecoach along with two other men. And after, and we don't find out until deep into the book that at one point after her mother had died, she helped with the getaway horses because this is all she knew, right? So once her father and brother died, she has absolutely no skills other than like to help out robbing a stagecoach, which she doesn't do. So where's the conflict? Jesse's a former Texas Ranger. And Jesse is a character who very much sees the world in black and white. He very much is like, we have to write we have to do right and we cannot stand by while wrong is being committed. So Maddie is terrified that Jess is going to find out the truth about her. One of the men in the gang who didn't die finds her. And so there's this like un- uh, this tension because she's terrified he's going to find out the truth about her. She's going to lose everything. And she's, you know, come to care. She loves the children. They love her. And she definitely has complicated feelings for Jesse. And, you know, she cares for Charles. But on top of that, another little pocket is the fact that Charles and Jesse uh, are two of three siblings. They have a younger sister named Cassie. And the three of them get separated when they're children. So they were, their parents passed and they get each placed with a family. I believe their parents passed because it's like, like a caravan down to Texas and in in that process. And so I think it's diphtheria or something comes through the camp, which is, I think what kills their parents. And so the family that took in their little sister, each family basically heads out to where they need to, but it it splits the three of them. And so Jesse, being the oldest, searches for his siblings, and he does find Charles, right? And he finds Charles like 20 years later, right? So Charles is a grown man. I believe he finds Charles after Charles's wife has passed. Um... And so, but neither one of them have ever found their sister. And Jesse is always sort of feels like he has failed because, you know, he was tasked with protecting his siblings by his father before his father died. And that's like this, this whole thing for him. So they're, they've got a missing sister. Charles is dying. Maddie, you know, is is not technically, it's kind of on the run. And all of this is happening while Maddie and Jesse are both falling in love with each other, but very much aware that they can't do that because she's married to his brother, right? And then to add on top of that, we have a moment where a man shows up saying that he's from, uh, I believe he said he was a Pinkerton detective, which when you've read historicals, um, the Pinkerton detective agency is well known, right? That it's, you know, um, and originally it, Jesse's thinking they're there for Maddie, right? The man is there for Maddie. 
Um, and at one point, like, so we have all these things going on, right? Um, and amongst it, we, we see the connection that Maddie and Jesse have, but they're both, but they're both also, you know, very much like, we cannot do this to Charles. Um, so then what I thought was, okay, I will say, I love, I did really like that the Pinkerton guy turned out to have nothing to do with Maddie. In fact, and in fact, is the fiance of their little sister. So we get like the family together, right? We have the siblings together. Unfortunately, by this point, Charles doesn't have a lot of time left. And we get to, as we read, Charles passes and it is absolutely just, it's so sad, right? And then after that, you know, Jesse and Maddie get together. And I will say that for party, you know, um, because the, the, the scene where, you know, Charles passes, like, he literally is speaking to Jesse and, like, essentially being like, I know you love her. I'm happy you love her. I know you guys will raise my kids right kind of thing. I'm happy that, like me, you'll get to know what it is to love and be loved because he got to experience that with his wife, Alice. And it is so heartbreaking. Like, I was just like, ma'am ma'am the fuck like how could you how can you do this of course on one hand it's very clear that unfortunately if Charles were to not pass there would you know need to be a whole annulment thing now what I thought was interesting I think it's um it is after Charles's pass that Jesse lets Maddie know that Charles was actually never impotent he told her he was and never, you know, because he didn't think it would be right to take her virginity. And if he had said he wasn't impotent and they were married, she would expect that. Um, but it's like, no, that's actually not true. He just didn't want to take that from you. And so on one hand, it, Charles might seem like this, like, character with no flaws, right? Um, and that's not the reality. As you read, you understand that, of course, Charles, I mean, Charles spent a thousand dollars. That thousand dollars does end up turning into this amazing woman who is going to raise his kids and who loves his brother. Um, and I think what was also kind of cool was the way in which Jesse's, because Maddie was so afraid that Jesse would just turn her in. And when he finds out the truth, not that her family was killed by stagecoach robbers, but that they were stagecoach robbers. And technically at one point she had help. Um, he is very upset and disappointed. And is like, we have like you, but she's like, he's going to turn me in. And that's not what he ends up doing. He does end up just being like, I did catch that third person along with these two, that one didn't survive. Um, and the 
the ranger that he's turning and the other the other two men because I think they do come for I don't know if they come I don't now I don't remember if they come for her and kidnap her or they kidnap the boy I think they kidnap her and Jesse tracks them down and ends up you know getting her out and then turning those men in and of course there's a reward and so that reward money ends up being the money that they can use to buy the cattle and I think I read this book and like all of these like different moments that come together I read it and I was just like thinking to myself because there's so much that could have gone wrong right um Maddie could have been a shitty individual or Jesse could have been a weirdo but it that's not what we get we get this incredible story because Jesse and Maddie are Would they have met if Charles hadn't done what he did? Probably not. And there's a moment where she, Maddie was like, oh, I wish it had been you. And he's like, no, because I wouldn't have spent that kind of money on you. And even if I had spent money on you, I probably wouldn't have taken you out of there. Um, and I, I don't think, I disagree. I think he would have taken her from there. But I don't think he would have spent all of the money because he would have been like no I need the money for cattle whereas like Charles was kind of like well oh my kids though and like let me help this woman and I think that um there was just something about this book that I was just like this is it's a lot but I thought it was so well done I thought it was so well done and seeing the ways in which this entire family came together and I mean like when I say I mean you know Jesse and Maddie and Charles and then when Cassie shows up with her fiance um and on one hand it is so sad and bittersweet that the three siblings don't have longer together that they have such a tiny period of being together before Charles passes. But it's also like so wonderful that they do get time together and that, you know, even at, with Charles gone, I mean, Jesse and Cassie are going to be in each other's lives. And Charles's children will grow up in a family filled with love, filled to the brim with love, even though they are technically orphans. And in the epilogue, right, in the epilogue, uh, Maddie has just given birth to a daughter, right? So this is Maddie and Jesse's child. And, you know, after the kids come in to see the baby, uh, the two girls run out and Aaron basically is like, Aaron asked, first asked the question of, like, is she our cousin or is she our sister? And Jesse's kind of like, what would you like? And he's like, she's my sister. And he's like, okay, cool. And then Aaron's like, 
I think she would get confused if we're all calling you uncle and she's calling you pa. So would it be all right if we called you pa? And then he mentions that, or, or yeah, I think pa. And he mentions how um, his father had basically told him, like, whenever he was ready to just, like, let Uncle Jesse know. And it was something, oh, because they also named the baby Charlene, and it's, like, that's sort of, like, Pa's name, and it's, like, is that all right with you? And Aaron's, like, yeah, I think he liked that. Um, And I remember just, like, as I read this, especially the epilogue, right, and once Aaron leaves the room, like, Maddie and Jesse are, like, once again faced with, like, another gift that they've been given by Charles. And I think it's not just a gift that they've been given by Charles, but a gift that they have been given because of love, because of unconditional love. Um, And it is so, so, so nice to read. Like, it, it just, there was some, I, I literally, like, read this book and was like, wow, to love, to have loved your wife this much, to love your brother the way that you do, to create this. And I also think, I will say, the blurb feels a bit of a misnomer because I don't think Charles marries Maddie and is like, yeah, her and my brother. And I don't think he purposely tries to get them together. But I think at some point he starts to realize they are attracted to each other. They could be really happy together. And he's aware that he is dying. And they both love his kids, right? She just met his kids but loves them. And he has been there and loves them. So it's like, well, wouldn't it be absolutely fantastic if these two people who are here because of me right, one is my brother, one is the woman I married, could end up together once I'm gone. And so I think it's not so much that he actively is like, let me match make, but he just sort of is, becomes aware um, and is, you know, very much like, okay with it. But, ah, uh, such a good book, such a good book, because and the thing is, it's 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 an emotional read. It's because it's sad, but it's also bittersweet. Or because when Charles passes, which is really heartbreaking, you're also happy for him because he's going to go be with his wife Alice, right? He's going to stop being in pain, stop suffering. But it's also so sad because he's not going to get to see his kids grow up, right? Which is heartbreaking. So it's this book, oh, I was like, because Sweet Lullaby, I cried, but I cried because I hated the pain that the heroine put the hero through. I was, I mean, honestly, the saving grace of that book is the hero, because the heroine, I wanted to punch that bitch in her face. This book, though, all three of them, I want everything for them. I want all of the joy and the happiness. And it sucks that Charles 
is dying. I know that it's a reality, and I know that that that, that is life. But, oh, it was... But yeah, this book, for a book written in 1994, and maybe it's also because it's a historical, so even though it's an old book, like, I don't think that it necessarily felt dated to me in a way because it was meant to be like it's a historical it's not a contemporary from 1994 that I'm reading I'm like oh well this is no it's set you know during stagecoach time in Texas like it's and so I don't think I was ever reading it like oh this is so so weird or no I I definitely read it and just felt all of this emotion and I I really I feel like this kind of a setup, right, a a dying character who's trying to set up, you know, the brother and the wife or, you know, whatever can work, but you have to be a talented writer, which I think Lorraine Heath is. I think that, especially in this book, she really... I don't think at any point did I ever think, no, you know, this character is unworthy. I never thought that Jesse was unworthy. I never thought that Charles was unworthy. I never thought that Maddie was unworthy. I thought that they were all placed in such difficult situations and they made the best choices that they could within those situations. And in doing so, they were able to create an incredible family and give three children um, a lot of joy amongst, you know, life, which life can be filled with so much pain. And I really was just like, wow. Like, it is, it, I think it's a really, really well done book. Um, and I, I think it's a book that I'll probably reread in the future. Because I, all three characters, I really, really, really like them. And they have sort of stayed with me, um, in ways, it's just, like, what else can you say? It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about, like, how beautiful it was. Also sad, but beautiful. Very beautiful. So, yeah, guys, Parting Gifts by Lorraine Heath. wasn't a book I thought I, I, I even knew about not even a month ago and now it's it's a book I will re- return to from time to time and isn't that what we're all looking for in books isn't it isn't it all right I think I'm gonna pause here and then it'll be time for a gratitude attitude Okay, I'll be right back. So 
it's time for gratitude attitude. And at the beginning of this new year, I'm really grateful that A, I'm here, you know, Omicron is out there being like, you're it, and you're it, and you're it, and you're it. And everyone's just like, ooh, we didn't want to be. Um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have been able to um, see my parents on Zoom. Um, and I'm also really, really grateful that um, I get to see whatever this new year brings. 2021 ended with the passing of Betty White, which was really, really sad. Because, and I know it's going to sound silly, but knowing that she was here and, I don't know, I was really excited for her to turn 100 and see that celebration. She's also, the day, her birthday is the day before my mom, and it was just like, oh, it just was a, a bummer. I mean, she was 99, so she lived an incredible life. And I've seen memes, or not memes, but just people saying, you know, that we should all strive to live the kind of life where when you get to 99, it feels like it's still not enough, right? Um... So I guess another thing I'm grateful for is the fact that we have the technology so that I can watch, you know, the Golden Girls. And I'm, you know, they're all together now. So that's a good thing, right? (laughs) There was, I think, a real, no, I think it was a TikTok of heaven being excited that Betty White past because now the golden girls get to be together in heaven and so if you're in heaven you too are you know like that's wonderful um because she's now in the good place um as opposed to having been here in in this place i was gonna call it the bad place but this is gratitude attitude time so i really shouldn't call it that um but yeah i'm just really thankful um for like life and living and I'm not sure what this year is gonna bring I don't think any of us are but we're gonna we're all gonna face it together with romance novels with you know whether they be books whether they be graphic novels on the platoon whether they be soap opera storylines whether they be new tv shows that we haven't watched. Oh, this is mad random, but I watched Single All the Way, the um, Netflix like holiday, like Christmas movie with um, the guy. I realized that the the guy, the lead guy, I'm pretty sure was the guy on Ugly Betty. I'm pretty sure that was him. I may have to double check, but I'm almost positive. That it was him. Anyway, it was so good. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought, I'm not a big Christmas movie person. Um, and I had seen something else recently that was 
absolute garbage. Like, so many levels of bad. Um, But I'd heard that this was good. Um, And so I was like, yes, it is him, Michael Lorenzo Udi. Um, So he was on Ugly Betty. Like, that's what I remember him from. Um, And now... He um he did single all the way and it was so good guys. I know Christmas is over, but if you're looking for like just a really like good Christmas movie that's got like like there's a one bed scene, um there's like a a fake dating moment, like if you're just looking for all that really like tropey fun stuff, this is really, really good. And I'm so glad so Kelly from Boobies and Newbies had told me about it and I remember seeing the trailer so I was like oh she watched it said it was good let me check it out and yes it was top tier top tier uh also randomly or maybe not randomly in case you don't know uh the newest season of Queer Eye is available on Netflix so um if you want to check that out and just I don't know feel good um think you'll uh enjoy it i've watched the first three episodes already so i'm gonna say but yeah guys um thank you so much for listening thank you for um rating and or you know subscribing that is so so cool um and i can't wait to keep talking to you guys about more romance novels, right? I don't know what's coming up next, other than the fact that it's romance. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. And oh, my brain like immediately blanked out. Like I said, Anne, and I was gonna like follow, and then it was just like blank, and I was like, so that's not helpful. That's not that. What 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 is that? Um. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful first week of January. Still can't believe that it's January. Feels kind of weird. And I can't wait to talk to you guys soon. Um, Yeah, I think that's it, right? I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, take care of yourselves. Ooh. So, normally I'm like, drink water, right? Like, stay hydrated. But... It's winter time, and for most of us, well, it's winter time in the northern hemisphere. It's not winter time in the southern hemisphere. So, if it's winter time where you are right now, well, let me back back up. If it's summertime where you are right now, definitely continue with my drink water, stay hydrated tip. If it's winter time where you are right now, the heat, you know, that comes on to keep you warm and you know, not freezing to death. It's probably drying you out. So yes, A, drink water to stay hydrated. But more importantly, if you normally use a sort of thinner lotion, I need you to start upgrading right now for a much thicker cream. Or if you're going to continue to use a thinner lotion, I need you to also add an oil. A sweet almond oil is has almost no scent. And is really great. You just, you're going to get drier right now. And I'm saying this because at one point I had a coworker who had moved here from Miami and thought that he 
didn't need to wear lotion and I was horrified and he was all like ashy and just like uncomfortable and I was like no 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 you need lotion so usually once it gets like wintery time I'm definitely adding I usually am using a more of a body butter instead of a, a body lotion and I'm doing a body butter I'm usually doing a body butter and an oil um I know that that works great for my skin. You should figure out what works great for your skin. But just keep in mind that you need a little bit more because of the dryness coming from the fact that it's like cold outside, but also the heating elements in our homes tend to suck out all the moisture. If you have a humidifier, now's the time to start uh, using that puppy. Um, And also... For your hands because we're washing our hands all the time also keep in mind a really good like hand lotion listen crabtree and evelyn or evelyn however you say that i've always said crabtree and evelyn um can be pricey but they have incredible hand lotions i would say check out marshall's and tj maxx to see if they have any um and then when you see it snap up as much of it as you can because that their hand lotions are to die for. But anyway, yeah, I just, you know, I don't want you guys to be ashy and have, like, skin problems because you're not lotioning properly. Because you haven't realized that, you know, change of season means you need to do that. Um, so anyway, now that I've given you this unwanted tip, please have a wonderful, amazing week. And I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye.